It's February. Y'all probably knew that. You didn't come here to find that out, did you? (laughs) It's February, so we get to talk about love. Actually, we can talk about love any other time we want to, but it's February, so we're talking about love. And usually when we talk about love, it's out there. It's usually we talk about giving love, loving somebody, um, you know, so it's all out there. What this is about, what I'm talking about today, is the inner activity of love. Um, that quiet, um, very, just very quiet, very inner love um, of oneself. And today we're going to talk about how to do that. So for the past two weeks, Reverend Larry and I have been talking about practices in this book, Thich Nhat Hanh's book, True Love, A Practice for Awakening the Heart. And he writes that in order to love properly, that we need training. Who knew this? <laughs> we need to practice opening our own hearts, and we need to practice becoming fully present in our own lives so that we can really be there for our own lives in order to love properly. And he talks about deep looking and deep listening. And those terms are simply about being fully present within our own bodies, our own hearts, our own minds, being fully present so that when we're doing anything, it's with the power of the presence that we are and being fully, completely mindful of exactly who and what we are all the time. And so he talks about using practices that we'll talk about in a second in order to train ourselves to learn how to have the ability to love properly. And loving speech, again, one would think that that is an outward activity. Um, That's not what he's talking about here. What I get from it is he's talking about our own inner speech, our own inner, you know, that self-talk maybe even, all that stuff. I think he's talking about that as a way to begin to watch what we are saying to ourselves, watch our own thoughts, so that we can learn to make that love. So then when we speak to other people, that's how it comes out because that's who we are. So that's essentially what we're talking about. So again, we start with ourselves, And what that means is making room for, well, it makes, make room for all of our stuff. Make room for everything that's going on in here. Learning to observe what it is and then creating a space to love ourselves through it and be there with it. And that's what Love Speak to me is about. And I'm guessing I'm not the only one that when I read in here talk about we need to be trained to love properly, I was like, what? Well, don't you just do it? I mean, doesn't just, don't you just naturally do it? And yet I think it makes sense because I suspect that love is like everything else that we just do. Um, we just do it without thinking about it. We do it the way that we do everything else, um, which probably isn't thinking about it. We do it like we've always done it, chiefly because that's how we've always done it. (laughs) And how we've always done it is probably how our parents have always done it, or how we thought they were always doing it, observing it. 
and then how their parents always did it, and you get where I'm going with this. We just kind of do it like we do everything else. So I was thinking about that Nike slogan, you know, just do it. And I think obviously it's a really good slogan, right, for selling Nike stuff. I'm not sure it's that good a slogan for life, however. I think life might require a little bit more thought. And that's what Thich Nhat Hanh is talking about, is having a little more thought, using a little more thought, putting a little more thought into what we are doing, why we are doing it, and how we are doing it. He's talking about loving consciously. And in order to love consciously, we have to be awake. We have to awaken our own minds, our own hearts, so that we're fully present for what is going on in here so that we can be fully present for what is going on out here. So we might nurture the ability to love properly. So last week, Larry spoke about uh, deep listening, listening with the heart, where we really listen to other people, not just the words. We notice their body language. We pay attention to context. We pay attention to the whole container of everything so that if a loved one seems to be acting out, that we might be able to, with compassion, be there for them and entertain the possibility that there might be something going on that is not being talked about. There might be something unspoken that's causing some hurt or some pain. And when we are fully present, when we learn to be fully present with our own stuff, we then can, are free to be fully present with somebody else's because we pick up on it a lot easier because we're awake, we're aware, we're there. And all of this, I think about what Larry talked about last week, and the whole idea can be a really big shift from taking things personally. Because if a loved one suddenly gets all snappy, snappy or crabbish or poopy or something like that, do we not typically react? Do we not, you know? We react. But if we're in the practice of deep looking, deep listening, before we have the chance to react at all, we're wondering what's going on. So instead of making it all about me, which obviously would be my preference, but if it's not... <laughs> so rather than make it all about me, I can sense that there's something going on with you that has nothing to do with me. What a concept, huh? It has nothing to do with me. And that's what I took away from what Larry shared with us last Sunday. Because he was talking about context. He was talking about that he could see past the words and the actions. It didn't seem like he even, he just, it seemed like he immediately went to, okay, what's the big picture here? This is not how this person normally should, what's going on? Now, he could have just reacted and given the same thing back that he thought he was getting. But he didn't do that. It's like, okay, what's going on here? What's going on? And he didn't take it personally. He didn't take it personally. And that doesn't mean, not taking it personally, doesn't mean that you have to be a doormat. 
you know, I'm not talking about that. It does mean understanding that what comes out of somebody else's mouth has nothing to do with me. Nothing. Because what you think of me is none of my business. Now, if there's something that comes out of your mouth that, that has, you know, maybe you've got some information for me, then that's, that's one thing. But basically, if you said it, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with you. And so, at being at the receiving end of that kind of interaction, rather than getting defensive and, and, and getting angry or whatever, we just go to, okay, what's going on? You know, what, what's going on out here? Because then we can pull back. We can, it's like one of those lenses where you zoom, zoom back. So rather than just seeing just like this, we can see the whole, we can see more. And the reason we can do that is because we're fully present. So that we maybe can hear or feel what is not being said. We can maybe notice that somebody else is acting uh, not like they usually act maybe. And so our whole response can be different. It can move from a reaction to just a response, a loving response of, okay, what's going on? What's going on here? So that we show up with an open heart. And everything changes when we do that. I mean, just a little simple thing like, a, like a, uh, someone speaks to me sharply, if I respond back with that same sharpness, and I know I'm not the only one that's done this before, you can see what's going to happen, right? Things are just going to go And immediately, we've moved away from whatever was going on. We've missed it. We've lost it. Not only have we missed it and lost it, but we've missed and we've lost the chance, the opportunity, the ability to be able to feel and be fully present for somebody else and ourselves. The difference between that kind of activity and one where I will think to myself, oh, okay, something's going on here. I wonder what it is. This person is suffering. This person's in pain. What's going on? It completely changes everything. Everything. So there are meditative practices that can get us there to that place of being willing to do that, of understanding that we don't take everything personally. I don't even take most of what I say in my internal dialogue personally anymore. Yeah. I mean, because really, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in here that is none of my business as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, what we're doing, so what we're doing is we are learning how to be with ourselves so that we can be with someone else. And there are, is more than one takeaway in this book. And the takeaway, I like it, Reverend Larry uses this a lot. It's like, okay, what, what's the takeaway here? What's the promise? Well, one of them is, and it's very specific, if you engage in this practice that I'm about to go into, if you do it for three weeks, we can transform any pain inside of ourselves. Three weeks, 21 days. We can transform the pain and begin to cultivate an atmosphere of compassion within ourselves. So that we can not only be present for ourselves, we're not only transforming our life, we can be present for somebody else in three weeks. What do you think? 
three weeks. So we do this by learning to be quiet and learning to be mindful and learning to be present for things that we do all day, every day, that most of us aren't present for at all. We're kind of on autopilot. So when we're in the car, particularly when we're in the car, when we're on the computer, on the telephone, loading the dishwasher, unloading the dishwasher, ironing, does anybody iron anymore? <laughs> anyway, I know, me too. I view it as a spiritual practice. We can engage in everyday activity in a mindful, present way. Now, how cool is that? Because we're doing it anyway. So we don't have to go purchase anything or anything like that. We can use what we're already doing so that we can learn to be fully present with ourselves and fully present with somebody else. And we can do this in three weeks. I, for one, am willing to invest three weeks in order to transform stuff that I have been carrying my whole life. And even though I've been doing a lot of personal work, there's yet still more to do. So here is a meditation practice of deep looking within ourselves. And I think that in the Western world particularly, that we might think that the idea behind a meditative practice is to quiet ourselves to the point where stuff that we think is yucky goes away. Or stuff that we find unattractive in ourselves goes away. We're trying to make, Ernest Holmes even talked about um, thoughts as, as weeds, I think, and pulling out, you know, we're, we're trying to pull them out. That's not what he's talking about here at all. He is talking about creating a space for whatever it is. Just creating a space for whatever it is, not attempting to get away from it, not attempting to eradicate it, just simply creating a space in which it can be transformed. And this is what Thich Nhat Hanh says about this practice. Understand, meditating and understanding. Meditating is not trying to run away or trying to ignore the presence of the pain, but on the contrary, it is looking at it face to face. You have to practice deep looking directed toward the nature of pain because for Buddhists, we are joy, we are also pain. We are understanding, we are also ignorance. Meditating is not transforming oneself into a battlefield where one side is fighting another, where good fights against evil. It is based on the principle of non-duality, which means we can hold both. It's and. I am this and I am this. I have this and I have this. It means that if we are mindfulness, if we are love, we are also ignorance, and there is no reason to suppress anything at all. When the seed of anger manifests on the level of our conscious mind, our immediate awareness, it is because the seed of anger is in the depths of our consciousness, and then we begin to suffer. Our immediate awareness is something like our own living room. The task of the meditator is not to chase away or suppress the energy of anger that is there, but rather to invite another energy that will be able to care for the anger. You can use the method of mindful breathing to make the seed of this other energy grow inside of you 
It will then manifest in the form of energy. And this energy will embrace your energy of anger, like a mother taking a baby in her arms. Then there is only tenderness. There is no fighting with or discriminating against the pain. The purpose of the practice of mindful breathing is to help give birth to this precious energy called mindfulness and to keep it alive. So it's about mindfulness, cultivating a practice of mindfulness so that when we are loading the dishwasher, unloading the dishwasher, when we're driving, particularly when we're driving, we're aware that we're driving. We are, well, I'm just saying, am I the only one that's ever left the house and ended up someplace and you don't remember how, you don't even remember getting there? And every once in a while it's the wrong place. But anyway, so this is about being present for everyday activity. When we pour a glass of water, we're aware that we're pouring a glass of water. And at first we might even speak to ourselves and say, okay, I'm pouring a glass of water now. Not out loud, just to yourself. (laughs) And when we're drinking the water, being aware that we're drinking water, being very aware of how it feels when we take a sip of the water, how it feels on the tongue, the back of the throat. And you can even say to yourself, I'm drinking water. You want to say it to yourself because if you say it out loud, it could get really messy. (laughs) But the idea is to just practice just stuff that you normally do without even thinking about it. You're, You're there. You're aware that you're doing it. And if you're anything like me, all this stuff, that's when I check out. I mean, I didn't think I needed to be present to unload the dishwasher or put the dishes away. Or, I mean, a lot of times I'll look down at the dishwasher, I'll go up. And, oh, it's already, it's already empty. I live by myself, so I know I did it. <laughs> but I wasn't there for it. You know, I was off, you know, somewhere else. And so this practice means that I stay present for even the most mundane things. What I call the most mundane things. Someone said it's not what you do, it's how you do it. So we can practice doing things that we're already doing, just doing them in a different way. Being more mindful. So that when we're doing something like drinking water, we are silently thinking to ourselves, okay, I'm drinking water. I'm drinking water. Just because it serves to bring us fully present. And so what we can do is we can just practice this by just picking a couple of things, because it might be too extreme if we try to be fully present for every single thing we do. But just pick two things that we do, um, like ironing or folding clothes or emptying, whatever, and just be very very clear. And it usually requires an inner dialogue. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. Practicing to be fully present, and then we can gradually get fully present with what we are feeling. And we can say to ourselves, I know that you are there, anger. Breathe. I'm here to take care of you now. Which is a lot different than I think what most of us do. We're not trying to make it go away, we're taking care of it. And as everything else, we practice doing this to ourselves first so that we can be that for someone else. And there is a walking meditation that when we are angry, we do a walking meditation where we go to a natural setting of some kind and we just start walking. 
And then we start observing the breath. We concentrate on the breath, and then we begin to say to ourselves, I am breathing in, and then I'm breathing out, and I'm breathing in, and I'm breathing out. We just keep walking. And then at some point, we start to say, breathing in, I know that I'm angry. Breathing out, I know the anger is still with me. Breathing in, and we just keep doing that. And after 10 minutes or so, something happens. Internally, you just kind of, like Nathan's song, you just kind of like this. It's not making the anger go away. If anything, it's bringing it in. Bringing it in, making a space for it, caring for it. And then gradually, you feel more love than you do anger. Because, like everything else, anger wants to be heard. Pain wants to be heard. And I think, especially in religious science maybe, I don't know that we are willing to embrace either one of those, or hear either one of those. One of our favorite sayings is, it's all good. And you know what, that's true. In the big picture, it's all good, but sometimes it feels like crap. Does it not? And crap wants to be heard. (laughs) You know, it wants to be heard. So what we're talking about with Love Speak today is speaking to ourselves quietly in love, acknowledging everything that's going on with us, in us, learning how to do that. And so once again, I'm copying my friend Larry and giving you a bit of homework. It's a really little bit, I swear it is. (laughs) So here's what. Get with another person and set the intention to practice this mindfulness so that you can encourage and support each other. So you're going to get a mindfulness partner. And you just pick a couple of activities. And again, these are things that you're already doing. You just pick a couple of activities and set their mind-numbing activities. Now we're going to transform them from mind-numbing into... Mindful. That's what we're going to do. That's the idea. So that you just pick two things and just practice being aware, being conscious, being mindful of those two activities. And then once a day, maybe just for a minute, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, just check in with your partner, your mindful partner, and see, just see how, you're, how it's going, see how you're doing. So that you're forming your own little two-person sangha, which is a, a, just a little practice community of two so that you can practice and, and, and learn how to do this. So that you learn how to be with your own self and your own stuff. And you learn to acknowledge everything that's, everything that's in you and learn how to just hold it and care for it and thereby transform it. And so then that changes who you are, who we are, so that the minute we step out into the world, that's what we bring with us. And because we are so fully present with our own stuff, we can be fully present for somebody else's. So the love speak is about transforming the thoughts in your own head, in your own mind, into ones that are love. And then that transforms into what you bring to everybody else. So just three weeks. So are you willing to 
transform yourself in just three weeks? Are you willing to stay open to the possibility of changing your entire life simply by changing your mind, by opening your heart? Are you willing to do that for just three weeks? It is my prayer that you are, because I think every single one of us is worth that. Every single one of us is worth that. So let us pray. And so in this moment, in this now moment, I'm remembering that there's only one. I call it God. One life, one heart, one soul, one mind. Expressing in, through, and as everything. So that the love, the intelligence that creates universes, galaxies, stars, everything, is fully present and active in, through, and as all of its creation. So I know that that means me. I know that the power, the love of God expresses itself in me as me. And because I know this for myself, I know it for everyone in this room. That the presence of God is active, alive, in, through, and as every single one of us. And so I speak this word of willingness, of open-heartedness this morning, affirming a willingness on the part of every single person in this room to believe that they're worth something, that they're worth living life fully. And I affirm a willingness on the part of every single one of us to do something about that, to engage in an activity that supports us, that lifts us up, that opens up our hearts and our minds so that we're alive, so that we feel alive, that we feel fully loved and fully loving. I affirm a willingness to practice getting back to that. I also affirm that it is a fun practice, it's an easy practice, and that it works. And a gratitude for knowing that God is all there is, so love is all there is, and that means us. I release this word knowing that it's done. I let it be, and so it is. So it is. Okay, thanks. <laughs>